BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. We get to consult people around the world via webcam here at the telehealth center. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and the newest book is called Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, the telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open and lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we're giving away free signed books. No matter when you listen to this episode, all you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show And you can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you can take a screenshot of your Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And every single month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram, as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves, and randomly picking winners every single month. And then I'll reach out to you, and then I'll ask which book you want me to sign, and then we'll send it out to you. All right, good luck. About every month, we have entire episodes devoted to your burning health questions in an Ask Me Anything episode. And this is the latest edition of the AMA. So we've been compiling, and and just so you know this, you all can submit your questions. We get so many great ones, and we try to pick the most common ones, the most burning ones, if you will, the ones that we find that would be the most interesting for you all to listen, to get our hot take on different trends within nutrition and health and wellness and medicine and the scientific literature. Uh, lately, we've been kind of amalgamating, if you will, the health questions in a special edition, Ask Me Anything, Hot or Not. So there's so many trends on social media and you want to know, you all want to know what our hot take is from a functional medicine perspective, what is this legit? Is it not legit? Is it worth your time or money? Is it not? So go back and listen to the past episodes if you haven't, because these have been fun. And then we also have some non, non-health trend questions too that we're going to get to as well. So to do this, to help me out every month, I have my brilliant functional medicine team here on the patient side, people that 
do the consultations with me with our telehealth patients. We have two of our brilliant functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, Emily and Megan. Hello. What's Hi. up? Hi. Excited for today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got a good one. We're good. It's going to be good. And then on the, the brilliant human being that's asking us the question, she's on our What's the official terminology? I met, I forget this every time. She's she's a patient protocol liaison, something. patient protocol. That's what we said last liaison. time. <laughs> Still, I also don't remember. It's sweetie. <laughs> she, Emily F. Emily F. is on the patient liaison. She's patient protocol team. Patient yeah. protocol enforcer. Yeah. She works with the patient team to make care amazing and get protocols yes. that we've curated for our patients based on their labs to them. So she's a coordinator. I don't Hello. know. I, I said it more succinctly last time. We'll yeah. just go back just, to yeah, listen like to that a one, you'll figure it out. Protocol coordinator is a great yeah. no, I love that. Oh yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Well, regardless, you're amazing. And let's get into the questions. What are what's what's All the right. latest? First up we have the cycle syncing exercise trend. All right. So cycle syncing exercise trend at the time of recording hashtag cycle syncing was has 409 million point eight million views. <laughs> wow. Uh, what is it? It's changing exercise and nutrition routines to align with each phase of your menstrual cycle. If you have one of those menstrual the for people to kind of, we'll break it down. I mean, the, the, what's trending right now on social media, menstrual phase for people that don't know it's days around days one to seven, it will vary from person to person. It's when you start bleeding and your uterus is shedding its lining. And the recommendation for this trend on social media is low intensity exercise and eating iron rich foods. The follicular phase is the recommended is action for exercises, high intensity and eating whole food carbohydrates. The ovulatory phase, high intensity exercise, eating low glycemic, like lowering your, your sugar load. And the next phase is the luteal phase. Strength training is recommended with the social media trend and eating higher protein. The purported benefits on social media is hormone health, improve energy, weight loss. So what's the deal? What's our take on this? It honestly sounds pretty, pretty good. We recommend many patients to do a cyclical, have a cyclical approach with their menstrual cycle. There's so much bioindividuality of what a menstrual cycle can look, but more or less menstrual phases, days one to seven, follicular phases, day seven to 14. The ovulatory phase is day 14 to 21. And the luteal phase is days 22 to 28. And our job clinically is normally if somebody has hormonal imbalances to work on optimizing estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and the interplay between these and other even other hormones that can influence this like thyroid hormones too. So I think the premise around this is has some solid data around it because lower carb approaches fasting, mimicking diets like the ketogenic diet, intermittent fasting. Uh, these things are hormetic effect, has, have hormetic effects on the body. And high intensity inter exercise can is a hormetic effect on the body too. So always doing high intensity workouts, always doing lower carb, and always doing intermittent fasting isn't going to be con 
conducive for hormonal balance for people that have a menstrual cycle. I will say this, that there's a, you cannot reduce womanhood into a box like this per se, mm -hmm. because if she's going through more insulin resistance, if she has autoimmune problems, yep. she may do better with some lower carb approaches further because she's getting more benefits therapeutically than any potential drawbacks. So this is somebody, this is general advice. And I can think yes. of a lot of nuance and context that are going to be important because you know, I, I think whole food carbohydrates, what does that look like? Like how much carbohydrates are we looking at? So, but more or less the premise makes sense to me. And I think that people that have a menstrual cycle should be mindful of this, the yeah. dance of hormones. Yeah, I would agree. I think one, you have to look at people like they're different, right? We can't just say, mm -hmm. hey, everyone fits into this, as you said, Dr. Cole. But at the same time, I also feel like this validates just how women, you know, go through throughout a cycle, what we go yeah. through, the the ups and the downs are, you've seen those funny reels too, where it's like, oh, yeah. my four different moods throughout my cycle. Like <laughs> yeah. obviously yeah. our energy and can look different yeah. throughout the cycle. And so I think that it really does validate of, hey, how, how can we listen to our body better too? So that way we are taking care of that in a way too. So I think it's empowering in a way to figure out what works for you to help you listen to your body, be in tune with it. And so that way you feel good with what you're doing too. And you're not like trying to do something that is too much at a certain time in your cycle. I, I could not have said that better myself. I agree. I think that that's such a huge thing, Emily, because we are finally bringing awareness to the different parts of our cycle. But I do think it is bigger than this. And I like what Dr. Cole said, we can't put ourselves in a box because my luteal phase is going to look different than your luteal yep. phase. And just like my strength training looks different than your strength training. Mm -hmm. I would consider a lot of my CrossFit to be high intense, but also strength training. I'm not doing that during my luteal phase. Are you kidding? I'm doing some body weight pushups, which yeah. is still strength training, but different. So all that to say, we have to listen to our bodies and this does justify yeah. that mm -hmm. our nutrition needs, our mood and our workouts yeah. are going to look different depending on our hormones. And it's going to look different for someone who's an 18 year old versus someone who's, you know, 38. Their, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or <laughs> yeah. for women who are trying to get pregnant too. Absolutely. I mean, you still have to have breastfeeding. Those, exactly. Yep. You still got to take those things into consideration, yeah. but well, more or less, I think educating people. I mean, how many women do we know that don't even know much about the cycle. Like, they know so they have many. a period. They don't know the phases. They, right. I get no. I, some, a lot of women, I would say 50% of women may not even know how many phases are in a cycle. Right. Yeah. So even when you say cycle, most women still think you mean like just their period, like right. when they're menstruating. Yes. It's like, no, yes. I'm talking about the whole cycle. Yes. Right. Exactly. They're like, well, that's only three days. Or it's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, no, <laughs> My cycle is four days long. Because <laughs> I hope it's not that. Exactly. But no, yeah, they're just reducing their cycle to just the period part. Yeah. Yeah. So breaking this down real fast, and then we can move on. The menstrual cycle, when the, the uterus is shedding its layer, mm -hmm. we do see there's a lot of depletion for many women, depending on how yes. heavy their period is, depletion of, of iron and other nutrients. Mm -hmm. So the idea that a social media trend would be encouraging to eat nutrient-dense bioavailable like foods, iron-rich foods here. Yeah. I love that. The follicular phase the, this is when the brain is releasing the hormone to stimulate the production of yeah. follicles. Yeah. So preparing your body for ovulation, increasing these clean carbs is a good idea mm -hmm. because when people that do low carb for too long for their body, 
it can really throw off ovulation mm -hmm. and throw off their menstrual cycle because it's too much of a hormetic effect on their body. So the, doing these clean carb cycling and finding your carb sweet spot, which based on your metabolic flexibility is going to be different. Yeah. How much can your body get benefit from? And then the ovulatory phase, like lowering that down during the having low glycemic makes sense. I, I, and I like the luteal phase recommendation here, the strength training and being mindful of protein. The yeah. one caveat here is there's really not optimizing protein throughout your entire cycle is going to be conducive from a blood sugar balance standpoint. Right. So I don't know exactly the advice there. I guess they're just saying, hey, if yeah. you're doing strength training, you're going to need specific with that protein. extra 20, 30 grams a day to assist that maybe. Right, yeah, that's right. interesting. Just optimizing. But there's never point. a good time. There's to never, not have. Yeah, right. There's, there's not a <laughs> yeah. good time. To like and not most optimize. women are deficient in protein intake. Yeah. Intake. So I, I think that advice is kind of maybe they were looking for something unique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> But, and certainly if you're a strength training, the demand goes up from there. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So it's a hot for me. Yeah, I'd say it's a hot too. I agree. It's a hot. Just don't put yourself in a box. Emily F., <laughs> what do you think? I'm one of the people that until I started working here did not know there was a cycle that was more than just your period. So <laughs> That's I love why you have the, the knowledge I have now. Why we're yeah. here. Yes, yes, I love it. Telehealth patients and people on social media will often at times ask me, what is my recommendation for better for you alcohol options? And one of the things that I only recommend is kombucha. We all know kombucha is supportive of our gut health, but there's also alcoholic kombucha as well. It's just like regular non-alcoholic kombucha, but it's brought up to a around a 6% alcohol through a second round of fermentation. Unlike non-alcoholic kombucha, it doesn't have that acidic, vinegary bite. It tastes much more like a champagne because it's made with green tea and honey instead of black tea and sugar. A brand that I've loved for years that provides this drink is called June Shine. What I love about June Shine is that they have ingredient transparency. All ingredients are listed on the can, unlike other alcoholic beverages. June Shine's kombucha also contains vitamin B, vitamin C, and antioxidants, which coincidentally are all recommended for hangovers, and they're all found in June Shine products to varying degrees. What I also love about June Shine's hard kombucha is that they're low in sugar. Sugar is known to increase severity of hangovers and a lot of other health issues as well. Junshine can be found in over 10,000 stores across the country. It's available at all the retailers you're already visiting for groceries and alcohol, like Whole Foods, Target, Ralph's, Vons, Albertsons, Kroger, Wegmans, Total Wine, BevMo, Safeway, and more. We've worked out a special deal for our listeners. At any store, you can buy one Junshine package and get the second for only a penny. That's one cent. That's $12 to $20 in value. I recommend trying one of their best-selling variety packs. It's a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. Go to juneshine.com slash willcole. Text them a photo of your receipt and they'll Venmo you immediately. It's that easy. That's J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E dot -E com slash willcole. juneshine.com slash willcole. As a functional medicine doctor, you know, my priority 
is to eat foods that love me back and prioritize pure and high quality ingredients, especially omega-3 oils. Fish come from the ocean, right? Mostly. And oceans can be polluted. We all know that. That's why a brand that I love is the O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil from Puri. I know I'm getting a fresh, pure, and potent source of omega-3, 2,000 milligrams actually, to support my heart, to support my brain health, and support my eye health as well. Puri is pure origin, potency, and peace of mind. They believe in full transparency with all of their products, including their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil. Each batch is third-party tested by the Clean Label Project and IFOS against more than 200 contaminants. Heavy metals, pesticides, glyphosate, dioxins, bisphenols, and always receive five out of five rating from IFOS. And every Puri bottle comes with a QR code so you can scan and see for yourself. I love this. Omega-3 is so important for our bodies, but we need to be aware of contamination in fish, such as these heavy metals and dioxins. That's why I love this fish oil. You all have to check this out. Don't just take my word for it. With Puri, you can find the actual data behind every batch, which makes Puri a supplement brand you can trust. Right now, Puri is offering my listeners 20% off their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil and all of their great products. Go to my special URL, puri.com slash Will and use my promo code Will Cole. This even applies to the already discounted subscriptions. You'll get almost a third off the price. Go to puri.com slash Will Cole. Don't wait. Use promo code Will Cole at puri.com slash Will Cole. puri.com slash Will Cole. So like, would you say that since like not to put all women in a box, but would you say that this is a good starting point and then from here? Yeah. Like you don't think this is too much for everybody to start with? No, I, no? I think that's a good way of putting it. It's yeah. a good starting point. And okay. if you notice it improving your symptoms, great. If, you, if you're if you stuck at a plateau beyond this, then maybe labs would be appropriate yeah, for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. And where are your levels? Because no. your baseline, your starting point is going to be different than somebody else's. Because right? it's encouraging variety too, which is important. I mean, we know like with nutrition, your gut needs variety to function, yeah. but also with training too and physical activity, it's going to help you find what really works for you too, yeah. because you are going to be doing a variety of different things too. So like you said, I think it's a great starting nice point. Start. I agree. So I yeah. second that. Go All TikTok. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you did something right. I'm like saving this trend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bookmarked. <laughs> All right. We ready to move on? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Next, we have the girl dinner trend. Girl dinner. Hashtag wow. girl dinner at the time <laughs> of recording has a staggering... <laughs> 534 million views. Ridiculous. The trend sees people sharing their low-maintenance meals and includes everything from charcuterie-style dinners to more extreme examples like plain pasta and hamburger buns. (laughs) The controversy (laughs) is that they do not provide adequate calories or nutrition. It's controversial. It started off funny where girls showed their odd combinations of food they ate for dinner, but now it's showing how little girls eat oftentimes for dinner when alone. Jen, who is on our team, she's the head of all things like non-patient side of things and and the patient stuff. She's the head of marketing. She said when her husband Jeff is out of town, 
she said we could share this. When Jen's husband, Jeff, is out of town, she will eat peanut butter and jelly saltine sandwiches for dinner. <laughs> and she said, feel free to share this fact. Okay, so Jen is on the hashtag girl dinner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, look. <laughs> I think it's shedding a light. I like, like I just said, it's shedding a light on how Americans as a whole, I think oftentimes eat because we're busy. Yeah. But women so much more so. Yeah. Because they are, I've been generalizing here, but many women are taking care of more people than just themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see this all the time with patients is that they put themselves in the back burner. And when there's no one there to cook for or, you know, kind of, take care of in the evening, they're going to do what's the easiest to prepare. <laughs> so we see this, certainly we see this uh, and, and in many ways, our patients that don't have families that live with them, I hear this. They're like, well, what do I do? I'm used. So they're so used to the, whatever, like the basic stuff. Yeah. But I find that the patients that are cooking for other people or cooking with other people, it tends to be easier. And it's such a societal yeah. issue. Um, I don't know. So I wouldn't recommend having a hamburger bun for dinner. <laughs> so, Just a hamburger I mean, bun. Not yeah. even, not what even if we put, What if like, we put cottage cheese and mustard? Yeah. <laughs> this goes back to women don't eat enough protein because the fact that two of these three things are plain pasta and hamburger buns, like yeah. not like, even a meat with it. I feel like none of these women are Italian either. <laughs> I agree. My dad would be ashamed. Yeah. I'm not used to that little food life. No, but, no I'm just kidding. It's carbitarian, right? It's it is. Yeah, it's our culture, but... Yeah, so what do you all think, patient team? I love this one because I went home last night and I was talking to my husband and we have a Blackstone now and I will say my husband travels for work and this is shout out to my husband because he's doing the meal prepping on the Blackstone because we have a nine-month-old baby and if he is not in town, I'm not running that Blackstone and holding a baby on my hip. That's dangerous. (laughs) So I will say he goes out of town. I'm probably opening a can of sardines or mackerel (laughs) i'm mashing avocado and i'm tossing hot sauce on it and i'm calling it a day because i've got the baby to feed i've got a dog and a cat and i'm done and then i might have some hue chocolate afterwards so i do girl dinner dessert yeah see i feel like it's almost different sometimes too because now that i have like kids who like i mean again they eat food they're eating what we eat i have to be very mindful of like what they'll eat too and try to give them variety and nutrient-dense food so i feel like when they're gone or when everyone's gone it's like i can finally cook what i want to cook true so i think it goes both ways because there's definitely times where it's just like yeah i don't want to do anything i'm grabbing a chomstick i can absolutely see this and i have felt this but also i think it's just like with kids now too it's like i don't have to think about anyone else but myself like you can make whatever your heart desires so i think it can go both ways but yeah, we definitely see this with a lot of patients, though. Yeah. It's something that comes up there's oftentimes. There's a way like, to hack it. There's yeah. a way to do this in the right way. Absolutely. Like, people are always saying, like, how do I make this food? It's going to last for days. And you can freeze things. You can have leftovers. Yeah. You can. I always tell people, I'm like, if you make a soup, like, you know, have a couple portions. Yeah, set out, freeze the rest. Freeze it. Because yep. then you have you have mm-hmm. those things that you can pull. And I love doing that because, yeah. again, on those times where so, no one's there and you don't want to cook, you just pull from the freezer. Yep. So yeah. but we do see it a lot for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it just put yourself first. Like it's that cliche of with the airplane, right? You, you have to put your mask on when it, it first before you help somebody else. Yes. So many people it's the other way around. Like they, yeah. will, they will make the healthy food or the healthier food for somebody else, but they won't do it for themselves. Yes. yes. 
You know, speaking of Dr. Cole, you're definitely the hot, <laughs> you're the girl dinner trend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a lifestyle. Like I've seen you in your sweet spot making those PB cheeks. <laughs> oh, PB cheeks. Let me break. I've talked about this on podcast before. I, as a, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast. No, you definitely But have. this isn't my dinner, though. This is yeah. like a no, snack. It's a snack. Yeah. This is like this above is and beyond dinner. And it's not even food. just for himself. He will make it for anyone yes. who's there. If I've had one. House, yeah. They're they're delicious. I'll break it down for yeah. you guys. I've, I've talked about it before, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes, yeah. It's a siete tortilla, cassava flour, not almond flour. <laughs> you need to have the gas stove. You can't have an electric. Yeah, sorry for those of you yeah. who are listening with yeah. electric. You're kind of out. You're so out. it's like the real way to do it. And you like blacken, a little bit blacken, soften that cassava tortilla. And it's nice and piping hot. You put a little bit of organic Valencia peanut butter yes. from Costco. Shout out to Costco. Love Get some Love organic Costco. jelly, grape jelly preferably, but strawberry, raspberry if you're feeling a little frisky. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and then you fold that that perfectly warm, soft, gooey. Is it gooey? No. It, it's warm, soft tortilla, and you wrap it like you would a burrito, but it looks like a cheek. And it gets on your cheek because the peanut butter will explode <laughs> out of that thing. It absolutely does. It's personally happened to me. Wow. And then this is hot girl <laughs> dessert. <laughs> Victimized by the peanut yeah. butter Hashtag <laughs> hot girl peanut butter cheek has <laughs> one view at the time of recording. And it is after <laughs> your girl dinner that has some nutrients. Yeah. In. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. dinner. I mean, there's nothing better than that. I just yeah. bastardized and white manned <laughs> a burrito up. With my peanut butter and damn yeah, jelly. PB&J burrito. That I is apologize to everybody I may have offended. It's a little bit healthier though, so. <laughs> Anyways. All right. What's the next one? We have dry brushing. All right. So dry brushing has, at this point, 131.1 million views on TikTok. We never said if that was hot or not, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Sorry. Back it up. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> yeah. Girl dinner. Hashtag girl dinner. That's hot. My... Come on. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's only hot if you have it's a protein no. source. I think it's, it's, it's only it's, hot if you get rid of the burger buns and the pasta. Yes. I think it's a, a commentary on our societal problems. Yes. Yes. It's not prioritizing it your wellness. It is not hot that we're so <laughs> yeah. burnt out that we're eating <laughs> no. bread. Yeah. It's, it's a, unless we can transform girl dinner and be like women empowering themselves with like nutrient dense foods that yes. love them back and be like, look, what yes. a boss ass I am to get to make myself good foods. I think that could be girl dinner. Yes. But at the yes. point, yes. Uh, right it now, looks it's like not. Right, next it's next not. article should be how you revamp girl dinner. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> rebrand girl dinner. Rebrand. You've already got a good start. So. Yeah, start with peanut butter cheeks. <laughs> you at least made it gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> Gluten grain free. <laughs> All right, exactly. Hashtag right. dry brushing. Sorry, Emily F. No, that's has okay. 131.1 million views. Dry brushing. It kind of self-explanatory. It's a, a dry brush. It's coarse bristles, and it people brush it on their body to supposedly improve circulation. Quickly, I think it's, it can be a great tool for people that to support lymph function, ex, skin exfoliation. I think it's a it's a good idea. I, I would give it. Well, I mean, I'll get your take before I give it a hot or not. But what do you guys think? I like it. I don't do it nearly enough. Sometimes I do it before I go in my sauna and then do a little cold shower. But I just like to say that there's not a lot of scientific research out there. But 
your skin is your body's largest organ. A lot of toxins are stored there. So it's kind of one of those things that the scientific research doesn't need to be as deep for me because the Mm -hmm. obvious stuff is there. And also, I don't know any scientists who are going to take a bunch of baby mice and, you know, brush their coat and then measure their (laughs) toxin load. So there's just a thought that if it can't be done in a lab, it's probably not going to be. Yeah. But I think it's hot. I do. I I think it's hot too. I would agree. My follow through on it is not the best. My daughter uses my dry brush to brush her Barbie's hair. So (laughs) obviously hasn't been used by me very much, but I do agree. Take care of your skin, right? I'm absolutely supportive of that and an advocate of that. And especially when we're dealing with toxins, the lymphatic system and trying to improve that and the way that that's functioning. It's, I mean, it's a great tool to bring in. Emily F, I know you've been on your wellness journey. Have you tried dry brushing? I have not, but only because it freaks me out because I feel like it's going to hurt. So maybe somebody can tell me if it hurts or not because it looks like it hurts. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> I have done it before and you easily, I could see with this coarse brush, overdo it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think you see people on online sometimes and they're like going They're to digging it. It's <laughs> yeah. <all> masochistic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dang, I'm not a freaking cow. No. <laughs> I'm not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been laying out in the pastures all day. I don't need to be like rubbed down with boar bristles. I feel like you could honestly like damage your skin barrier yes. if you do it too People do it like you're punishing themselves. Like, if you're like, bleeding, I'm... you've gone too hard. <laughs> Instead of flogging, you get dry brushing <laughs> to the extreme. Honestly, it does sound like a medieval uh, torture. torture. Yeah. So lighten so up scary. a bit. Literally and figuratively. That's a good point, Emily. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I do think it's a good point because, again, especially if you know you have a damaged skin barrier, I don't know if it's the best thing to start with. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe start with a lymphatic massage with your hands before you get the brush out and start, you know. Literally. It looks like people are using like a grill brush and like. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it makes me think. Do not use a grill. We are not attacking you. You are dry brushing. I swear. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine a grill brush? Oh my God. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, don't do that TikTok. Don't. Please don't. Please don't make that trend. Yeah. Yeah. Not a new hashtag grill brush. Grill grill dry brush. Please don't let that be the only thing you take out of this episode is that we told you to use a grill brush to dry brush because we didn't. So uh, basically, the, the instructions here are brushing your skin using wide, circular, clockwise motions, using light pressure where your skin is thin and you can use slightly harder pressure on thicker skin, like the soles of your feet. I think that could be an appropriate place to do <laughs> yep. a little bit of elbow grease. Brush your arms after you've brushed your feet and legs and midsection. You should brush upwards towards your armpits. The concept is to improve lymph flow. After dry brushing, take a cool shower. This recommendation is to help remove the dry skin. And then you can use your favorite oil um, afterwards or lotion or something like that on your skin. So that's the concept. I think it's generally, if it's done appropriately, can be a hot. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. agree. And you can pair it with other things you're already doing, you know. Yeah. Did we say this, but I think I have patients that do it when they're in the sauna, which yeah. can be very helpful. Yep. I do it. You can do it before a sauna blanket too, right? Or yeah. ju- am I doing that incorrectly? No, I think <laughs> it's fine. Wait, am I supposed to do it after before? <laughs> after and before. Probably if you have a sauna blanket. Cool. All right. Yeah. I'd All say right. it's hot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no grill brush required, no please. <laughs> Something that I have taken for years without fail is AG1. AG1 is daily 
foundational nutrition. Think of it like a multivitamin, multimineral, a green superfood, a probiotic blend, an adaptogen blend, a functional mushroom blend, all the things in one scoop. They've got, they've optimized all the foundational things that we need as humans to support our brain health, our energy levels, our gut health support, our immune system, all in one. They've actually, since 2010, they've improved their formula 52 times in the pursuit of making the best foundational nutrition supplement imaginable through high quality ingredients and rigorous standards. With just one scoop, you can get the nutrients and gut health support that helps your whole body thrive and cover the most common nutritional deficiencies that I see on labs when I'm looking over telehealth patient labs. You can really fill in the gaps with just one scoop of AG1. I mix it in just a scoop of water every morning when I get to the clinic, super easy. I also love that they have travel packs when I'm traveling. I Depending on how many days I'm gone, I'll put, if I'm gone for three days, I'll put three travel packs in my carry-on, super simple. I'm never missing a day. So if you want to take ownership of your health right now, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D. They have a vitamin D3, K2 blend. You get a year supply of that and also five free AG1 travel packs that I love with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash willcole. That's drinkag1.com slash willcole. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Now get 20% off every IQ Bar product plus free shipping when you text ABW to 64,000. It can be really annoying. There's so many snacks out there that claim to be healthy but taste disgusting or snacks that taste really good but aren't really good for you and don't love you back and really aren't worth it. IQ Bar really solves the problem. You do not have to choose between tasting great and eating something that loves you back. A both-and approach when it comes to snacks is so important, and IQ Bar checks all the boxes. It's super diet-friendly with no weird ingredients. It doesn't matter if you're keto, high-carb, low-carb, vegan, paleo, gluten-free, soy-free, GMO-free. <laughs> it, IQ Bar is a perfect, delicious fit to any lifestyle. IQ Bar is the only bar that's optimized for your brain and body. You get no midday slump. You don't get, get the sugar, blood sugar roller coaster crash. IQ Bar, it's delicious, crash-free day. If you have that PM slump of energy or if you're feeling like slow to get started in the morning, this is a great option. IQ Bar is also great for your body because it's packed with plant protein for strong muscles, also prebiotic fiber, which people are not getting enough of, for happy gut, and also healthy fats, which people aren't getting enough for clean, crash-free energy throughout the day. It comes in seven mouth-watering flavors to pick from, like toasted coconut chip, the almond butter chip, the peanut butter chip, which is my favorite, and also the banana nut. Honestly, love them all. Now get 20% off all IQ Bar products, plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text ABW to 64000. Get your discount. All you have to do is text ABW to 64,000. That's ABW to 64,000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Okay. I love this. I am the poster child for this. Did you make this trend? I did. <laughs> I plugged this myself. Hot girl tummy issues. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Hashtag hot girl tummy issues has 1.3 million and I'm sure growing uh, hashtags. So the concept is people sharing their journey with digestive issues on social media is basically what the trend is, if you want to call it a trend, but it's, it's just certainly a trending hashtag. Now that don't get, don't come at us when we, the, we're not the ones saying hot girls only have, you know, it's only hot girls that have tummy issues. It is a social media thing. We are just reporting. Yeah. We're reporting the news. Yeah. <laughs> don't come at us. Cause I actually think it's an every human thing. Yes. Digestive yeah. problems are, are ubiquitous. It's just everything on social media. It seems to be involving hot girls. Like, it's like, that's the thing on social media. It's the hot girl walk, it's the hot girl tummy issues. Yeah. It's like just the trendy <laughs> thing. But the reality is it's a human di uh, problem right now because of what, not to get super dark real fast, but the decimation of the soil microbiome and the gut microbiome and what's going on environmentally and the foods we're eating. Yeah, a lot of people are having stomach issues. We see it 10 hours a day on patient new patient labs. Yeah. So this is just, I think, people using so social media to be vulnerable and talk about something that oftentimes is really stigmatized, digestive problems, especially amongst mm -hmm. women. So I actually think it's a it's made lighthearted for social media, a hot girl tummy issue. But actually, I think it's actually pretty brave and cool that maybe out of these conversations that people are having in social media, we'll let them people know they're not alone and hopefully there's some good advice within that hashtag where they can get answers versus, you know, just struggling with it and, and going about their day. Because so many people just live like this every day yeah. and they think just because something's common, they normalize that. It's not normal to have digestive problems, but it is certainly ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I mean, how many people do we see on consult to they don't even list digestive issues as an issue? And when <laughs> you ask them, they're like, oh no, that's okay. And then you go through like their metabolic form and they have yes. bloating and gas and constipation yes. and, or, 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 you know, <laughs> difficult bowel movements and all these things. And you're like, uh, are you sure? Because we just view it as like this normal thing that's like, oh, yes, I've always had bloating. Totally so normal. it's not really a symptom I'm yes. worried about. But at the same time, it could be playing a huge part in your yeah, health, especially how you release toxins. Like yes. that is that's my favorite because I was this girl before I got into this field. It's like, oh, do you have gut issues? No, you know, I, I go to the bathroom. OK, well, how often do you go to the bathroom? Like once a week. I'm like, not normal. And they're like, what? Yes. It's like it's like mind blowing. I did not know I was supposed to poop every day. And I'm like, Yes. yes, hot girls yes. poop every day. <laughs> Two to three snakes a day. Yeah, yes. as far as frequency yes. and formation on that good old Bristol chart. Yep. So many people, it's like soft serve ice cream every single day of their life, yes. and they think that's normal. Yep. Or it's like pebbles two yeah. times yes. a week, three times a week, Literally. and they're like, "Yes, you're not a rabbit." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having a college roommate who only went to the bathroom once a week. I was that girl before. Like when I was in a communications major, it, I did not know anything about this field. And I thought that was normal. Once a week, every Friday, poop. She would remember right. it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I thought See, it was great too. I never had to poop. But I was there's like, this so is awesome. many people. There's <laughs> so <normal>. many people <laughs> who are like that. And when you explain it to them, it's like their eyes open real wide yes. and they're like, wow, I had no idea. You were literally that person. Yes, too. I was. Yeah. I was like, Emily, I'm scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we're like, we will help you. Hot girls need to poop daily. They do. <laughs> yeah. That's, Can that be the new one? Hot girls poop daily. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do it. That's a great trend. Hashtag. I do agree though. I think this is a 
a hot trend for that reason. It's yes. bringing awareness, awareness. Yeah. that these things aren't normal. Mm-hmm. Like I saw one of them that the the girl was like, oh, my hot girl tell me she's just turned out to be celiac and, and parasites for 10 yes. years that went untreated. <laughs> yes. Mm. And it's like, okay, taking advantage of figuring mm-hmm. out what's going on. We can help yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. This is what we do clinically. This is what we do. If you have hot girl tummy issues, come see us. Like we're helping Emily F right now. Yes. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> We're all on my healing journey with me. <laughs> She's like, okay, TikTok, you can end my trend now. Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Problem yeah. solved. Check. Oh, okay. that's funny. All right. Okay. What's the next one? Oh, we have an actual audience question. Yes, yes. we do. And I think this came from the new Instagram account. Yes, it is. Correct. It so we have a new Instagram you want to tell people about it, Emily F? Yeah. All right. So we have a new Instagram. It is all things the art of being well. If you want to write this down, follow it. It's at T-A-O-B-W. It is just the first letter of every word of the art of being well. Follow it. At T-A-O-B-W. Yes. That's right. We're yes. over there. Shameless <laughs> plug. Love it. <laughs> Love it. We get, we'll take your questions. Yeah. Brand new. Brand new. Yes. Send your questions. Send your trends. Yeah. Send your hot or not. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's yeah. tear them apart. Let's <laughs> <laughs> ruthlessly shame you yes. on the podcast. I love that. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. This question from, I'm going to say it again, T-A-O-B-W on Instagram. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Can you discuss MTHFR mutation and how much, if any, it impacts digestion? Okay, so they want to know about the MTHFR gene variant and its potential. Is it linked to digestive problems? All right, so I know we use this term mutation sometimes interchangeably with variant. So part of it is like I've even written articles about it and use the word because that's the the common nomenclature and terminology that's used oftentimes in the nutrition science space. But it's technically not a gene mutation because we all have these things. There are variants. These are SNPs, SMPs, single nucleotide nucleotide polymorphisms or SNPs. So we all have different variations or many of us have variations of these genes. MTHFR is one gene that's responsible for methylation, which we need for the passing of these methyl donors, these, these carbon hydrogen CH3 groups that are needed to re- basically recycle different amino acids in the body to impact the impact inflammation, the impact brain health, hormone health, digestive health. So MTHFR is the most famous one. I mean, people call it the mother effort gene because that's what MTHFR <laughs> looks like. But they're not mutations, they're SNPs or gene variants. And you get a copy from your mom and a copy from your dad, and you're going to have different, very, you're going to have a lot of bioindividuality with not just MTHFR, but other genes that impact methylation as well, that we quantify all of these things for telehealth patients. And we look at this stuff on a daily basis. So we're looking at things like VDR, which is the vitamin D receptor gene. We look at MTRR, which impacts B12 recycling. We look at COMT or COMT gene variants, which impacts estrogen detox and the the prefrontal cortex of the brain and mood regulation, basically. Remember that genetics are just a piece of the puzzle. So people can have gene variants like this that, and they're completely asymptomatic. They don't have any 
gene, they don't have any symptom that's associated with these gene variants. It is just increasing the likelihood of something potentially happening. It's predisposing you maybe to some degree, but it's certainly not. It's I, I, I think sometimes people that ask questions like this, they automatic, it's almost like genetic astrology where it's like, oh, I'm MTHFR, that's my sign. And they think, well, because they have a double gene variant there, they're automatically going to have a problem. But that's not taking consideration epigenetics, that that environmental things like exposure to toxins, stress, trauma, foods, sleep, physical activity, those epigenetic lifestyle things influence genetic expression. So genetics is a part of it and we look at it, but it's about, you know, depending on the case that you're looking at, about a third of the puzzle. Two thirds is epigenetics, it's lifestyle. And how long we live and how healthy we are is largely due to this epigenetic stuff. But to ignore genetics is would be foolish as well. So we look at it and is it the question here, and let me talk about MTHFR specifically. Amongst many other things, it is responsible for the recycling of something called homocysteine, which is an inflammatory marker that we measure on blood tests. And the optimal range for homocysteine, this inflammatory marker, we want it under seven. Above seven can increase blood-brain barrier permeability and can increase gut lining permeability as well. It's ran in the conventional setting because of increased cardiovascular heart attack and stroke risk, but we know it can act as a toxin in the body, which can impact brain health, impact gut health. So it's possible, and certainly there are studies that show people that have double and single gene variants to the MTHFR paired with other variables, there are increased likelihood of having digestive problems. IBS, there's studies correlating uh, MTHFR gene variants with irritable bowel syndrome. There's studies looking at ulcerative colitis and Crohn's autoimmune GI issues that have people that have MTHFR. There's a high correlation. There's a high overlap between MTHFR gene variants and autoimmune inflammation issues. So in short, there's quite a link and it's something that could, should be looked at as a component to it. Just to give people some statistics here, there's two different gene variants that we typically look at. There are others, but the two more clinically significant locations on the MTHFR gene are the MTHFR C677T and the MTHFR A1298C. So these are basically the way that I think about it is they're kind of two intersections on that same gene. And you can have the wild type, a normal, like the no variant, that's kind of a, like a green light. You can have a heterozygous gene variant, which is kind of a, like a yellow light. Traffic is moving, but it's a little bit slower. And you can have a homozygous gene variant, which is kind of like a stop sign. So the more gene variants you have compounded, not just with MTHFR, but across the board when you're looking at methylation and detoxification, the more you have, the smaller that bucket's gonna be. That You're gonna hit that tipping point and overflow, and that's when symptoms ensue. It could happen potentially easier. So we're not just looking at MTHFR, but we're looking at the full context genetically and epigenetically of what's going on here. So people that are heterozygous for MTHFR C677T, they have a single gene variant, there is a reduced enzyme function of 65% of normal, meaning it's, it's decreased function but it's working at 65% of normal. If you have a double gene variant, a homozygous gene variant at the C677T MTHFR location, there's only 30% of normal enzyme function, meaning that gene's only working 30% of what it should be. And the home being homozygous for MTHFR A1298C, it's 60% 
our normal enzyme fun function. It's the less problematic one if you have a double, a single or double MTHFR at the H12 to NADHC. The whole point is, yeah, there, there is studies to, that shows this because if your gene's working at, you know, 30% of what it should be and you're exposed to toxins or you have unresolved trauma, yeah, you're, it's the perfect storm of genetics and epigenetics that could be triggering these problems like inflammatory or irritable digestive systems. So I know I, that was a lot of information, but I, what do you guys think? I agree. I mean, the big thing with MTHFR is patients come to us and they say, you know, I have MTHFR and I know that I'm going to have XYZ. But like you said, there's so many other variables that go into it mm -hmm. that it would benefit anyone who has MTHFR, which everyone thinks this is such a unique thing. I mean, most of the office, we have various MTHFR SNPs. Yeah. But yeah. that is just more of a reason to do further testing with us so we can see how are you absorbing nutrients? What does your gut integrity look like? Have you been exposed to certain toxins that you're more sensitive because of various mm -hmm. MTHFR outcomes? So for me, it's just, it's not, I'm not going to put you in a box. I'm going to test you further to know how to yeah. assist from that epigenetic standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause like you said, we could have these SNPs and still not have these issues too. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is just like you're saying, Megan, a reason to look further. And if you yeah. do have digestive issues, yes, we still have to look at what could be the cause of that. Because if your body can't detox properly the way that it should, maybe mm -hmm. that toxin overload, you know, that yeah. could be part of the issue as to what's getting stuck because your, your liver and your yes. digestive function I isn't flushing things out the way that it should be. And mm -hmm. sure, that MTHFR gene could play a, or mutation could play a role in that. Mm -hmm. But you know, you have to look at all of the different factors like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think the statistics are upwards of 14%, depending on the study that you look at, have a homozygous MTHFR C677T. Yeah. But I think it's upwards of 40% of the population yep. have some heterozygous or homozygous gene variants at the MTHFR gene, whether it's the C or the A location. It's a big chunk of people. So it's not just genetics. And just keep in mind, these genetics haven't changed in 10,000 plus years. It's not the gene variant that's a major variable. It's what we're exposing the genes yep. to. Mm -hmm. Right. So yep. it's, it's how the, our world is changing. Yeah. It's this mismatch. That's the problem is epigenetic genetic mismatch. That's more of the, the new variable, not this MTHFR gene, which has been around for eons. I don't know how long an eon is, but I would assume. <laughs> multiple eons. I would assume it's multiple eons. <laughs> Hashtag eons. Hashtag eons. <laughs> As a functional medicine doctor, my job is to support my patient's health from the outside in and the inside out. And this applies to so many different aspects of our health. Uh, but especially if anybody's struggling with hair issues, if you have, if your hair is falling out, weak hair, unhealthy hair, hair that's breaking, brittle, a product that my telehealth patients have been loving is Vegamore. You have to check this out. You're able to see visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, longer, healthier hair, all without harsh ingredients. Vegamore has these amazing products that people love, like the Revitalizing Shampoo and their Conditioner Kit, and also the Grow Serum. It's spelled G-R-O, the Grow Serum. You're going to love this. What's even better is Vegamore's Value Kits, like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a great savings. When you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save even more. 
and you never run low on the products you need to take great care of your hair. The key is consistency here in your routine for the most beautiful, healthy looking hair. My telehealth patients that are consistent with the Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily, they see amazing results. And fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of Grow Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. Give yourself the hair you never thought you could have with Vegamore. For a limited time, the Art of Being Well listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash willcole and use code willcole at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash willcole, code willcole to save 20% off your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash willcole, code willcole. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You have a question for us, right? I do. I do. Love our segment of our art of being well. This is... The end of every episode that I have when I'm talking to one of my friends in wellness, we have their art of being well. So we've started this for the Ask Me Anything for the patient teams. You get our our personal view on I love it. different things. <laughs> all right. So we all know Dr. Cole is the CEO of Jomo. Okay. So in the spirit of Jomo. <laughs> Hashtag CEO of Jomo. Jomo is the joy of missing out. We talk about it a lot on social media <laughs> yes. and with patients. So in the spirit of Jomo and cutting out things that don't serve you, what is something that like most people, you know, deal with just something normal in life that you've learned to let go of because it doesn't bring wellness or life to you? Oh, that's really good. Hmm. Love this. something that I let go of. Yeah. Hmm. TikTok. Ooh, that's I, I, a really good one. I un- uninstalled oh, TikTok. I yeah. did that a couple years ago too. I did too. Yeah, that's and why it's I don't know like, these trends. I know like Chinese spying uh, conspiracy, <laughs> like and not that. No, it's, it's yeah. just for me. I time suck. Time suck. Yeah, it's the algorithm's insanely smart, and I I have enough social media on my phone, so I don't have it on my phone specifically. I'm still on TikTok, mm-hmm. but, like I still make content for TikTok. But I personally, on my personal phone, you're not doom scrolling TikTok on your yes. phone. It's on <laughs> yeah. work phones, not my personal phones. I love that. Yeah. So for me, it's that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I I think that that's something more people should do, or at least have balance of. of yeah. Look at your screen time. Be aware yeah. of that for sure. Yeah. For me, I I went on a personal journey back in February and cut out alcohol, which. You know, it's something I I don't feel like I had an issue with, but it was also something I I did feel got in the way of some of my mental health and really just, you know, became this unintentional habit. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be an unintentional thing. I think with whatever we do, we should be intentional. We should be mindful about it and how easy is it to come home from work or something, even if it's organic, good quality wine. You break it open and then, you know, again, you're you're drinking a bottle a week or whatnot too. Did you see that new study that came out? I know, Dr. Cole, you've posted about it, but even just one to two drinks like a week can affect the way your endorphin yeah. production works. So everything else in life does not make you as happy. It dulls it yep. without the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, even just and that's just again, a couple drinks a week. Yeah. yeah. So something I, I, I something that. I did and yeah, <clears throat> I've seen a, a lot of 
just improvement and just I think also just you know not mindlessly doing these things when you go to a restaurant or when you have people over like trying to be intentional about what you want to do and I don't think that that drinking alcohol is is by any means yeah terrible if you're if you have balance or yep and and boundaries. be intentional about yeah, yes and good healthy boundaries and of course but at the same time for me it was just something that I felt like I needed to do and I've I seen a lot of benefit that. and I think JOMO is so personal like everyone has their personal JOMO of what's going to serve them uh for me with having again a baby I have given up staying up late like, and again, I have met so many people who have their spouses and they're like, but no, after my baby goes to bed, that is my time with my spouse. And I agree with that. My baby goes to bed at 7.30. I spend that hour and a half with my spouse, catching up with family. And then I am asleep, asleep by 9.30 PM every night, like Fridays, yeah. Saturdays, whatever. And my aura ring loves it and I love it and I am happy to be around. And you know what? I miss out on some TV and maybe some cool friend time, but ultimately I am a more joyful person yeah. because I'm getting my eight hours of sleep every night, even with <laughs> a nine month old baby. So that's impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. Cool. Thank Seriously. you. I have to be in my bed by 930 and I don't wake up till 630. I mean, I'm still up every three to four hours breastfeeding, but that is the way I get my eight hours. It's mm-hmm. interrupted, but it's still eight hours and I am a happier person for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I love it. How about you, Emily F? I agree with Megan. I used to be up all hours of the night. Yeah. Do- doing what? Like literally doom scrolling. Right, right. Nothing. Yes, scrolling. Thank you. Me nothing too. helpful doom scrolling to and watching trash TV. <laughs> Same, girl. Um, so definitely that. But also I would say caring, caring so much, not only like people's perception of me that don't know me, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. but also things like just spending emotional, you're just like my mental health on things that I can't change about other people, if that makes sense, like caring yeah. so much about other people. And it literally is just emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. Like when people just don't care what you have to say, if you think you know better. Yeah. So I think just, you know, letting go of spending so much of my time and energy on other people. Not that that's a bad thing, but just the leaving no room for yourself yeah. and investing yeah. in yourself. I love that. I, I'm learn learning that. I'm not yeah. I haven't learned yeah. it. I haven't mastered You're it. You're budgeting but, yeah. your emotional investment. Yes. I love that. Yes. 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 Hashtag what, season of Emily. What is that like <laughs> obviously probably in depth, but what's one thing that you're doing now that you didn't do before? I I don't post as much on social media because I feel like for the first thing that I said, I would say I don't post as much because I would look, who's watching this? Mm-hmm. What do you think they're seeing? Or I'd be like, yeah. hey, did you, Ooh, this you know, is deep. like, I do you think it. I'm funny? Yeah, like, <laughs> who, who watched my story? Yeah. Or who liked my post? Yeah. yeah. Like, why do I care? Like, I, that's not my problem, mm-hmm. honestly. But I would think for spending more time on myself, I definitely have been trying to not spend as much time on social media in mm-hmm. general. Like, not even posting, but just, I, I am a doom scroller. That is one of my personality traits and I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I think that's out to many stop it. people. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's literally it's addicting. Normalized it is addicting and normalized. It doesn't mean it's yep. a good thing. Yeah. And I just think spending more time like an actual conversation with my husband and not just like, oh my gosh, I'm sending you this video. Please go watch it. It's so funny. Yeah. There, there <laughs> is a statistic that, that married couples or, or partners in general spend about five minutes a day having real conversation that's with each other. That's crazy. My therapist told me 
me that when we were in, in marriage therapy, they showed this I, statistic. This I have heard that about five minutes a day, a Dang. couple spend yes. actually having real conversation yes. more than oh, what's for dinner? Or, yeah. That's you scary. know what do you you know where what's your schedule like yes. today? Having real conversation, yeah. and that was like a challenge that was given yes. to us of like not only should you try to double that, but like, again, be intentional about having just mm. real conversation on a yeah. daily basis when you're around each other. You know, it's crazy, but something that my husband and I do is we cook dinner and eat dinner in the kitchen, but it's because we just listen to music and, and talk yeah. instead of sitting down anywhere near there's a TV or anything like that. Yes. So my yeah. parents make fun of us because we literally stand and eat in the kitchen, yeah. but we've got our baby mm -hmm. in our high chair and we're all three, you know, he's babbling, but we're, <laughs> we're having intelligent yeah. conversation and that's the way we value that mm -hmm. time. I love Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. Emily, um, for people about the alcohol, what did you notice? I know you touched on it briefly. Yeah. Health-wise, and then did it change any of relationships? Oh, that's a good question. That is a great question. Um, I definitely noticed a lot less brain fog. And I wasn't someone mm -hmm. like who struggled with, you know, huge bouts of it either. But like, I just felt like I, I almost woke up and was like, dang, I'm a lot clearer. Like yeah. I, I don't have to like feel like I'm catching up. And so like my energy was better. I think just my mood, I've struggled with seasonal affective disorder, just having some unmotivation. Those I endorphins like are better. This is the first year yeah. I didn't struggle with it, honestly. Yeah. Like it was a huge difference for me. And I, you know, I don't feel like I lost relationships necessarily, but I definitely had to have some difficult conversations mm -hmm. with people. There were people who were like, hey, like, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you doing this? And I had to come to the conclusion that like, not everyone's going to understand your vision because they don't have to be a part of your vision. Mm -hmm. But I can feel confident saying, hey, this is a personal journey. This is a per personal conviction in a way for me of just like to take back my health. I don't think it's wrong. I'm totally cool with having, you know, a tea while you have mm -hmm. a glass yeah. of wine. Like, let's still hang out. Let's have fun. But it was also a challenge to me of like, you know, can I, I should be able to go to these things because how many people, even patients we've worked with who have said it's really hard to be social when Without I can't it. drink. Yeah. And I'm a competitive person. So I, it was a good challenge for me to say, Emily, it's okay to go have an iced tea or to get a hot tea or to, yeah. you know, even get a mocktail if you want something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. and to have fun and be yourself and do those things. And so I didn't necessarily lose relationships. I don't believe so, but I had multiple conversations with people who, you know, were questioning, not fully understanding it. And then once I feel like I was honest and, and sometimes you have to get a little vulnerable, which I don't love. Mm -hmm. But and I don't think you have to overshare either. Like to me, it was just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. If you don't like it, let's not hang out then. And if mm -hmm. someone can't accept that, that always blew my mind because I was in a networking group like right out of grad school. And I had a friend who gave up alcohol because she was on an antibiotic and then just really liked the way she felt without it and chose not to drink. Mm -hmm. Every networking event we were at, if someone realized she wasn't drinking, at least one person would be like, well, why aren't you drinking? Do you need a drink? Do you need to get you something? It almost made other people uncomfortable yeah. that she just chose. And there was no yeah. issue. She just chose because she felt good not drinking. And she's like, I can't believe how many other people yeah. felt uncomfortable around it yeah. Yeah. from a social setting. Yeah. So you'll have both. I've had yeah. friends who've been so supportive and they just go about their day. And like, you know, again, we, we yeah. go about our hangout and then I've had friends who've just didn't fully understand. And, but again, you know, it's your personal journey. It's your, it's yeah. your personal thing. That's and it's it. like, I'm sure for different people in different situations, some people have their entire friend group or in relationships are centered around that. So yeah. I could see Absolutely. it being a shock. Mm -hmm. As someone I never drank. So it was like, I never really had friends that like the expected that right sort of yeah. now it's a big vibing. social caveat yeah interesting
Wow, thanks for sharing that. All right, guys, anything else? Are we, are we, are we done? Yeah, yeah we're, we're done. done. <laughs> this was a great <laughs> one. All right. If you guys want to learn more about clinical work that we do, the Telehealth Center, there's lots of free resources there for you as well. It's all at drwillcole.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.